Pastor Varun and Pastor Dala Hopperson would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church, Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's dynamic teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. Sometimes I climb so far, only to backslide. Lord, I may be sliding back, but I will not abandon Hallelujah. Tonight, I like this message because it really speaks to me a lot, and I need to hear it myself too. Every time when I preach, I preach to myself because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing of the Word of God. So when I hear myself, I have more faith. And the same thing when you hear the Word, you have more faith for yourself as well. Amen. So tonight, I'd like to talk about why do we lay hands in the meeting? Why do we have this method in the meeting? First of all, I want to say that laying on of hands is just one of the methods that Jesus used a lot while he was walking on earth. It's the method that he used to impart the anointing to set the captive free. And as the followers of Christ, we want to do the same thing. We need to use methods. God used different methods to impart the anointing. But many of you are new believers here, and you may not understand the word anointing. The word anointing means the tangible or the manifest presence and power of God that manifests in a different way for different purposes. The anointing in you can manifest to help other people. You can be the giver of the anointing, such as if the Holy Spirit manifests through you in the area of teaching, you can preach under the anointing. But at the same time, Sometimes we can be on the receiver side. We receive the manifest power or the presence of God. And when we receive, God will do something in us to prepare us, to change us, so that we can go out to bless other people and to be a blessing and to be His vessel and His hand to bring the anointing to other people as well. The Bible says clearly in the book of Isaiah, chapter 10, verse 27, that the burden on the shoulder of people and the yoke on people's neck will be destroyed because of the anointing. In other words, we will not see the result if we don't have the anointing. Everything is done in the church must be done by the anointing of God. So I believe that everything we do in our church, whether singing, whether playing guitar, whether leading worship, preaching, laying on of hands, anything that we do in our church, we should do it with the manifest presence of God, with the power of the Holy Spirit. And then that anointing will make a difference in people's life. Without the anointing, the preaching will be just yap, 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 yap. Just a sound come out from somebody's mouth and just tickle the ear and nothing change. The preaching of the word with the anointing will change only the mind and will just change the knowledge, but will not change on the inside. But if we preach under the anointing, if we pray with the anointing, things are going to change on the inside. Something going to change in that person's life. Amen? How many people want to have a lot of anointings? You know that there are many levels of anointing. Is that right? Even Elijah said that, I want the double portion of the anointing of Elijah. So there are many levels. I myself want more and more anointing. When I see anointed men in the body of Christ, I say, I want to have double of them. I want more. Not that I want to be famous, but I want to go out and help the lost and set the captive free. Because without the anointing, 
I cannot help people. We need the anointing to set the captive free. And when Jesus was walking on earth, he has the anointing without limit or without measure. And he used many methods to impart the anointing. The anointing is like what you call heavily material. That's why the Bible called rivers. It's like a material that flow like a water, flow from one person to another person. And Jesus used the anointing. He imparted the anointing by many different methods, such as he lay hand on people. He touched people. He lay hand on people all the time. Some people who come to our church from traditional church and look at us and say, why you lay hand a lot? I want to say that I use Jesus' methods. Jesus' method is laying on of hand. Jesus' method is not only laying on of hand, but he also speaks. The anointing can come out from the mouth of the man or the woman of God. When you speak and you command something to happen with faith, the anointing can come out from your mouth. That voice full of the anointing. Amen. And I have proved it so many, many times that the anointing can be imparted into another person. Actually, I just have experience last Sunday. It's interesting. And last, I think Tuesday night or Monday night, I don't remember what day now, in the afternoon service, there were a few non-believers sitting there from Mount Vernon. And they all heard our CD, teaching CD, the gospel. And these three people never come to our church. The first time they came to our church, never saw any laying on of hand, never saw anything that God moved. So when I asked to accept Christ, they all stood up to accept Christ. And out of these three persons, one lady used to be a teacher of dancing, like artistic dancing in Thailand. And these people gave their life to demons because they're God of dancing or dancer are demons. So she gave her life to these demons. When she came out to the front line, she never learned about speaking tongue. She never heard about the file of God. When I lay hand on her, without preparation, without telling her what's going to happen, she began to shake. She spoke in tongue. She began to have manifestation that um, I believe demon come out of her. And she cried. And after that, she said, this is the happiest time of my life, better than getting a job with a good pay. And the other two persons get touched too, but they did not know what to do. But this lady went back home. So the anointing touched her by the laying on of hand, and she never saw it before in her life. This is the first time in her life to get prayed for as a Buddhist person turned to Christ. She went back home on Monday night or Sunday night. She had a dream that she went into a big prison with a lot of people with chain inside in the hand and legs. And she felt so bad for them. And she walked out of that prison and woke up and was really scared. What is going on here? Mean that I'm going to be in jail or something? And she tried to figure out what's going on. Eventually, she turned on our CD and listened to the preaching CD. And she said that while I was listening, I feel heat all over my body. The anointing came out from that voice on the CD. She felt the heat in her body. She could not stand anymore. She called one of our leaders and said, I need to talk to your pastor. I don't understand what's going on here. I'm a brand new believer. I called her that night. And I explained to her that that dream, number one, means that you need to be set free. You need to be delivered from demonic power. What you need to do is to renounce the small gods of your life. And also you need to repent. And you need to 
be delivered from demonic power, and then God will send you to set people free too. That's what I say. At the end of the talking on the phone, she was on Mount Vernon. I was on my phone in Bellevue. At the end, I say, I hope to see you this Sunday, and may God deliver you and bless you. She began in the phone, speaking in tongue for 20 minutes, and start to get drunk and cough and cry. And demon come out of her, and I mean, I can sense it. I mean, I have goosebumps. I was walking in my kitchen, and I feel the presence of God. I just say, "God bless you, God bless you." I didn't yell. I just say, "God bless you." I don't know if she listened to me or not because I, I think she got really drunk, and God touched her and filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is a brand new believer. So I learned from this lesson that the anointing can be imparted even through the phone when the voice came through. The anointing can be imparted by the laying on of hands. But do you believe that God can use you that way? Do you have anointing in your life to be able to impart upon other people? In order to, to impart your anointing on other people, you need to have anointing yourself. Empty hand, lay on the empty head. I mean, if you have nothing inside you, you lay hand on something, on somebody who have empty head, they're both going to be empty. You need to have fullness of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we come to the revival service like this in order to get filled with the Holy Spirit, so we can go out and help people on the market places, help people in the offices, help people in our classroom, in the dormitory, wherever we go, we go with the anointing. Amen. Hallelujah! You can lay hand on your wife when your wife is sleeping. If she doesn't want to know God, you just lay hand on her. Lay hand on your husband. And believe the anointing in your life can impart into her or him and set the captive free by faith. You need to believe that you have the anointing, and you need to be filled with the anointing of God. Jesus used different methods to impart the anointing. It's the way to bring the anointing to him to another person. We need to do the same thing today. That how we're g o i n g to get the anointing from us to other people? Jesus used many methods, such as Jesus spat on people. You like that method? Maybe I should imitate him. Just spit on people. He spat on the ground and make mud and put on somebody's eyes and say, "Go and wash your eyes at the pool." So he used that method. He used the method of speaking. He say, "Pick up your mat and walk." He used the method of speaking. Jesus did a lot of things that will not be accepted in today churches at all. I believe that if Jesus is walking in America right now, he will not be very popular preacher. I believe that a lot of people will chase him out from the church because he will come in and lay hand on people, and people will get drunk. The demon come out and demon will cry out in the service. Where he walk walk and then he spit like this on people and he breathe on people. He like this on people. A lot of people in America, in churches in America, that go to church and have a nice service, nice preaching, gonna think that this guy is crazy. Jesus is crazy. He is very radical. Amen. He will not be accepted. But look at the Bible. We need to be biblical people, biblical Christian, like the Book of Acts or the time of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Mark chapter 7, verse 33, look at what Jesus did. He took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers in his ears. Is that touching? Lay hand on, and he spat and touched his tongue. Jesus touched. Jesus spat and touched the tongue. 
So he used different method. He laid hand on people. He breathed on people. So the same thing today. God uses us to impart the anointing on other people by different methods, such as in the book of Acts, chapter 5, verse 15. So that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, and that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Peter's method of healing people is to walk close by and let the shadow fall on. I am not sure from the theological point of view that that shadow is make the healing. I am not sure. But I believe that the proximity of the anointing on people cause the healing. When you get close to somebody with your anointing, the anointing will flow out of you to touch people's life. I have experience one time when I went to Portland, Oregon to Benihin Crusade and he called us up to the, on the stage and I never forgot when I walked close to him, I started to shake. The anointing came out of him and he didn't even touch me. I flew away from him about maybe five feet. The anointing just flew out of him to touch me and I just flew away like that. So the proximity of the anointing, the anointing can flow from one person to another person. As I remember one time, you know, it's about desperation. If you are desperate enough, if you are hungry enough, you say, I don't care what Jesus used the method. He can slap on me. He can spit on me. He can touch me. He can touch my eye. I don't care what method. I want the anointing to touch me. I want to get healed. I want to get more anointing. I want to be set free. I, I'm desperate for the anointing of God. And that anointing can come by being in the proximity, close to somebody. I, one time in another church in Seattle, Pastor Kenneth Hagin came by here. And I was sitting on one corner of the room and he kind of walked to me and then he walked back. And he, I said, no way. You need to come and lay hand on me while you walk away. I was a little bit upset. He didn't come to me. He walked to other people. It's a big church, thousands of people. And at that time, God said, you just draw that anointing. He is close enough that you can draw. And I remember I do like this in my spirit. I pull out the straw and I draw <laughs> like this. I'm serious. In my spirit, not real. I don't have a straw in front of me. I just draw in my spirit. I draw, I pull the straw out and like this. Suddenly, the Holy Spirit hit me. I was under the chair and I got drunk for almost an hour. Pastor Da and Joy and I think Paul have to carry me out like this. I was the last one in that church building get out of the car and I was still drunk in my truck because I was so filled with the Holy Spirit that day. I just draw the anointing because the man of God who was so anointed walked close to me and he keeps walking away so I have to do right away like this. So I was so hungry. I was desperate. You know, the reason I went to seek the anointing of God because in 19, about 1994 to 1995, 96, my family life is broken. The ministry was in trouble. The church did not grow. People got into trouble. We have a lot of problems in the church. I never get anybody saved easily. The preaching was so dry. I began to cry out to God, God, I'm desperate. I'm hungry. Something needs to change in my life. I cannot accept this. This, this is not the good news. This sounds like a bad news to me. If I have the good news, my family should be good. The church should be good. 
So I began to seek the anointing of God, and that's when I began to travel to get touched, to get lay hand on by the anointed people. Amen. Get closer. The shadow of Peter fall on people, and they got healed. Look at another scripture talking about the method of the early church that bring the anointing in Acts chapter 19 verses 11 to 12. Now God worked unusual miracles. I like that. Unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. When I read this scripture, I have a picture of Paul went to every city and not only he preached. What did he do? He just lay hand, lay hand, touch people, touch people by the hands of Paul. The miracle, the anointing passed from him to another person, and something happened. Miracle happened. Maybe financial miracle, maybe healing miracle, maybe the demon come out from people, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirit went out of them. So not only using the hand to lay on in the early church on coming into proximity. Paul has so much anointing in him that even the anointing accumulate in his handkerchief and in his apron. And when that anointing go on that cloth to another person, the anointing touch that person and demon come out. Wow! I like to be like that. Amen. And it can happen to you. God can use you. Don't think God is not respecter of people. If you're hungry and you just soak by the anointing of God, you live a holy life. Live fully for the gospel. Live fully for the great commission for Jesus. Don't play game with God. I believe God can anoint you. God can use you to have that kind of anointing in your life to set the captive free. Amen. How many people like to be like Paul? I like to be like Paul. Everywhere I go, I touch people. Something gonna happen. Miracle gonna happen. Amen. And even your handkerchief touch people. Something gonna happen. I'm gonna read many scripture from now on to show you. That Jesus lay hand a lot, touch a lot. So from now on, when we start to lay hand in the church, you will not be surprised why they lay hand a lot in this church, because we want to follow the footstep of Jesus. Jesus say like this in the Bible in John chapter 14 verse 12: The work that I do, you shall do also, and greater works than this you shall do. So if Jesus lay hand and did a miracle, we can lay hand and do the greater miracle than his time. We need to follow the footstep of Jesus Christ. I'm going to read the scripture one at a time. Thou here, Matthew chapter nine verse twenty-nine. Then he touched their eyes, saying, "According to your faith, let it be to you." Everyone say touched. Matthew fourteen thirty-six and begged him that they might only touch the hem of his garment, and as many as touch it were made perfectly well. So if he did not touch them, they come and touch him. Some some touching happened here. They touch his garment, his jacket or his cloth, and then the anointing flow out of his body into them, and something happened. Miracle happened. Either he touched them or they touch him. There is transferring. There is flowing of the anointing from the anointed man into another person. Matthew seventeen seven. But Jesus came and. Touch them, and said, "Arise and do not be afraid." You see, he used touching, laying on of hand, and also command and say something. 
One thing that Jesus did not do is to pray for people. Jesus did not go and, Father in heaven, could you please heal this man? Father in heaven, provide him a job. No, he touched, he blessed, and he commanded something to happen. Everyone say, touch, command, speak it. We don't pray because we have authority. Jesus has given us authority to command things to happen. Amen. We need to use that authority in the name of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 19, verses 13 to 15, look again about touching here. Then little children were brought to him that he might put his hands on them and pray. But the disciple rebuked them. But Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and departed from there. Jesus blessed them, laid hand on these children. Again, Jesus used touching and laying on of hand. In Matthew chapter 20, verse 34, so Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes. Everyone say touched. When you pray for people, you need to pray with compassion. Not to show off, not to say that, oh, you know, I'm a great anointed man. No, you love people. You want them to be free. You want them to be blessed because that is the heart of God. Mark chapter 6, verse 56. Wherever he entered into villages, cities, or the country, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might just touch the hem of his garment, and as many as touched him were made well. People came seeking to touch the Lord Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 5, verse 13, he put out his hand and touched him, saying, I'm willing, be cleansed. You notice that he did not pray. He commanded. He touched and commanded, be cleansed. And immediately, the leprosy left him. Luke chapter 7, verse 14, then he came and touched the open coffin. He even touched the coffin. And those who carry him stood still, and he commanded. He said, young man, I say to you, arise. You notice Jesus did not pray to the Father. He, what did he do? He touched and he commanded. Again and again, you can see from the scripture. Amen. Luke chapter 22, verse 51. But Jesus answered and said, permit even this. And he touched his ear and healed him. He used touching again. Heal this man. Luke 4, 40 to 41. When the sun was setting, all those who had any of that were sick with various diseases brought them to him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. He laid hand on everyone. I remember one time, Pastor Num in Rivers of Life Church called me up and said, Pastor Lau, this meeting at Asia Hotel, we're going to have about 1,000 people. What are you going to do? In my heart, my flesh say, wow, 1,000 people. How are we going to lay hand on 1,000 people? So Pastor Num say, why don't you just lay hand on a few that you selected? I say, no. I'm going to lay hand on every single one until it's over. Uh, so many people have to lay hand this way. They line up people on two sides. So I walk in the middle, fire, fire. Fire, both hands like this. And Thai people were so hungry. Some of them came up three or four times. So actually, I lay hand about 3,000 times at least. By the around 11 p.m. or midnight, I was so exhausted. But you know, 
the compassion of God, the love of God. I don't want somebody to be lay hand on, and somebody come from far away and I say, "I'm sorry, I cannot lay hand on you." I want God to touch everybody in that room. Amen. The heart of God, He loves everybody. He wants to touch everybody. Amen. In Mark chapter 5, 25 to 34, now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and has suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Touch again. Touch his garment. For he, she said, "If only I may touch his cloth." I shall be made well. She claim it. She proclaim it. She believe it. That if she just touch the anointed one, the anointing flow into her. Something good gonna happen. For she said like that. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power or anointing had gone out of him. I understand Jesus because many times when I lay hand on people, I feel the fire in my hand, gone out of me. One time I remember I was walking in the meet hotel meeting in Bangkok, and one lady came close to me, and I really feel it. I feel something jump out of me that the fire got jump out, and she just knock on the ground because she was so hungry. She just need the fire of God. She's so desperate for the things of God, for the anointing of God. It's about Desperation is about how much you're hungry to change. Maybe the change in your family, the change in your relationship. Because how can you go help other people if your family is broken down? Maybe your health. Maybe you want more anointing to set the captive free in your college and university. You say, God, I have anointing, but not enough. I need more. I'm hungry. I'm desperate for more. I want to change. I'm not like you yet. I'm still far away from being like Christ. Come and touch me today. Make an operation on me. Cut on me. Get rid of some bad attitudes in my life. Do something in my life. Set me free, Lord. I'm so desperate. You need to be desperate. You know why the gospel works very well in the third world country? Because they don't have the ATM machine. They don't have check from the government. They don't have check for Medicare. They don't have any support system. The only person that they need to cling on is God. That's why they have to come to God with desperation. Amen. Many times the power of God work with three factors. If you want God's anointing to really work in you and flow into you, there are three factors. It's interesting. Jesus was teaching the Sermon on the Mount. And he was talking about a lot of things like being poor in the spirit, mourn for people, hunger for the righteousness of God, or somebody slap on your face, turn another cheek, and let them slap you. All these things, you know, he taught so many things. It's a sermon on the mount, and it's so hard to do. But he kind of make a conclusion that in order to be able to do that, you need to do three things: ask, seek, and knock. And he said. The Father in heaven will give good things to you when you ask. Everyone say ask, seek, and knock. What he was talking about is the Holy Spirit. He said, if you ask the Father for the Holy Spirit, He will give the Holy Spirit to you. So, in other words, the answer of your life 
is the Holy Spirit, the anointing. But you need to do ask. What does it mean ask? In order to get something from God, you need to have faith. You cannot ask somebody if you don't have faith that that person can help you. You need to come to God with faith that God, you can help me. I'm in desperation right now. What does it mean seek? Seek means you are hungry. You need to be hungry and desperate. I remember when I came home sometime and Pastor Da is not home and I'm so hungry. What did I do? I was seeking for food in the refrigerator. I opened the refrigerator looking for something to eat because I was so hungry. Is that right? And not only that, knocked. Knocked is an action. Ask is by your mouth because you have faith. Seek is the heart that you are desperate. And knock is the action. It means if God tells you to do something, you need to move in faith. If God says, rise up and walk, you need to get up and walk. You need to take action. Knock means action. So three things in order to get the anointing from God. Not only to be lay hand on, not only to be spat on, <laughs> or to have the clay on your body, or whatever God wants to do to you, but you need to have faith that God can help you. You need to ask. You need to seek, be desperate, and be hungry for the things of God. And you need to also take action. Amen? Jesus did a lot of things that a lot of people will not accept him in the church today. He offended people all the time. He said, go, the dead, bury the dead. He's called a Syrophoenician woman, dog. You remember one time? He called her dog. I think if he come to American churches, he's going to be kicked out from the church right away. You call me dog? Get out of here, Pastor Jesus. Evangelist Jesus. Many pastors in America will never invite Jesus to come to their church. They cannot accept him. Because when Jesus show up, he's going to come and preach something like this. If you drink my blood and eat my flesh, oh, I cannot accept that. What kind of preaching is that? We need expository preaching. We don't need this kind of preaching. Eat my flesh and drink my blood. Oh, I cannot accept Jesus coming to my church. Because that day when he showed up, there was a potential man. He is a rich guy from Microsoft. He's a millionaire. And that day, Jesus talked to him. The dead bury the dead. And that guy never showed up in the church. He left the church. So I lost income in the church. And another executive showed up in the church. And Jesus said, go and sell everything and give to the poor. And that guy never showed up. Jesus, don't come back to this church, please. Maybe Jesus show up in our church, the roof rip off and somebody drops somebody out on the roof. So we have to repair the roof of the church. Don't show up in this church, please. And when Jesus show up, you can hear somebody cry and demon come out. No, 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 we, we need to be dignified in the church. Quiet. During preaching, no noise, please. During worship, no noise. No cry, no running around, no laughter, no nothing. No manifestation because we need to be in dignity in the church. I believe that most pastors in America will never invite Jesus. Because if he show up, he may walk around and tuk, tuk, like this and he spit on people. And he may blow on some people. He may say, line up right now, I'm going to blow on you. Don't worry, I brushed my teeth already today. I'm going to blow on you. 
But if you are desperate, you are hungry. You can say, Jesus, I don't care. You can do anything to me. I am desperate. One time, God gave me the experience of the word desperation. I have some work done on my tooth. The root of that tooth died. So I began having pain in the root canal, and I took ibuprofen. It controlled the pain for a day. The next day, the pain got worse. It started to drop, and the whole head now hurt, like really suffer because I could not think straight that day. So I called my dentist. I need to come to see you today to look at this. I could not stand anymore. I remember when I was driving to the dental appointment. Normally, I'm a guy that really scared of needle. I'm scared of needle. I tell you, even little needle, I don't like it. I don't like somebody to poke needle in my skin. I hate local anesthetic, lidocaine. Oh, so burning when you put lidocaine in. How many people get injected by cyclocaine? Oh, it's burn. That day, I was so desperate. I was thinking to myself, doctor, dentist, please inject. Please, I don't care needle. I need cyclocaine right now. Please do it, do it, do it now. I'm so in much pain. So when he pulled out the syringe and the needle, I was smiling. Go for it, go for it. I don't care. And he took care of the problem. I have no pain anymore. So you can see the desperation when you come to God. That's why the gospel worked very well in the third world country, where people have no help anymore except God. Is that right? Because people are so desperate, they just come to God like a child. God used methods, and one of the method is laying on of hand. In the Bible, every time God wants to impart the anointing to a certain situation or some people, He always used methods, such as Moses raised his rod to the Red Sea. You remember? God, through the prophet, told Naaman to dump himself. Into the river of Jordan seven times, use method. One time, God told Isaiah to walk around in the city naked for three years, use method. I thank God that we don't need to dump ourselves in the Lake Washington for seven times anymore. <laughs> I thank God that Pastor Lau doesn't have to walk around Bellevue area naked for three years. <laughs> thank God that God did not tell me to do like Isaiah. I'm so thankful to God, Amen. But we still we need to use the method to bring the anointing to people. I rather have the joy of God, laughter, than being naked three years in a city. I rather have the drunken in the Holy Spirit and touch me and fall down than to be dumping myself in the Lake Washington cold weather like this, Amen. So God still use method. And I have to admit to you the truth. In my flesh here, as a human, many times I want to quit laying on of hand. I want to quit moving in the Holy Spirit because it's not popular in Northwest here. A lot of churches quit already. They don't want to because people left the church. People don't want to come to this kind of church. Look weird, you know. Lay hand. People fall down. Like oh, you know, people laugh. I don't want to come to this church. I like to go to nice and. Cozy church, preach half an hour and go home. I'm happy. I'm happy. So this kind of church, people don't like it. But I want to tell you, you know, many times 
The devil talked to me. You know, if you do that, people will not accept you in this city. If you do that, people will misunderstand you. If you do that, people will criticize you. They will not like you anymore. And it's true. I got rejected by a lot of minister friends. They think that I'm crazy. I got rejected. They don't like me. They don't want to associate with me. The reason because I lay hand and people fall down. That's the main reason. They don't like it. But one day God spoke to me. It's not about people like you or not. It's not about people accept you or not. It's not about people criticize you or like you or not. Because they're going to criticize you anyway, whatever you do. But it's about the heart of God. Listen carefully. The heart of God is to want to set the captive free. The heart of God is to save people, to deliver people from demonic power, to heal the sick, to open the eyes of the blind, to open the ears of the deaf. He wants to set people free. And you cannot do that without the anointing. You see the result? When those two ladies got touched by God, set free, they went out to Thailand and saved many hundred people. You see? But if we have just a cozy, dignified church, I believe that we're just still in the flesh. We're just living in sinful nature. No one's going to get set free. Many families are going to break down. We're going to have a lot of divorces in the church. We're going to have a lot of rebellious kids in the church. I don't want that. We don't care what people say. We don't care what people accept us or not. We want the heart of God. And the heart of God is to touch people's life and set the captive free. If Jesus came to the world today, he would not be accepted. Do you know that Jesus preached the most powerful message on earth here about salvation? I believe that if he did that today in Seattle, he would be totally rejected. You know what kind of message he did that day? Message of salvation. His clothes was ripped off. They whipped him in the back with blood all over the place. They put the crowd of thorn on him, spit on him, hit him, put him on the cross, nail him, ridicule him. That is the great salvation message. Thank God God did not ask us to do that today. And how many people got saved that day? One person. One thief on the cross got saved. And that is the greatest salvation message on earth. God's ways are not our ways. Whatever Jesus did would not be accepted today in America, I believe. But we want to follow Jesus' way because it will work. I don't want members to come to this church and stay bound, stay in prison of their spirit. I don't want you to come here still sick. Kids still have problems. I want people to be set free. That's why I stand firm that I will continue to impart the anointing into people's lives as long as I live. Even though people may reject us and don't understand us. Amen. We don't want the dry clean service. We want the service that will change people's life. It's about result. You may say, Pastor, <clears throat> but it's not very dignified to do that. On Sunday, 
pull out the chair off, lay hand on people, people fall down, people laugh, people shake. It's not dignified. But it's not dignified either. When the roof was ripped off, it was not dignified either. When he walked and he stopped the funeral procession and say, "Open the coffin," is it dignified? It was not dignified either. When he tell people that you are dog, it's not dignified. When he whip the money changers and turn the table around in the temple, it was not dignified. When his disciple did not wash their hand before they eat. When Jesus show up in the church today in America, he will not bring dignity. He will bring humility. People need to be humble before God. It's not about being dignified, but about hunger for the things of God, about yielding to the things of God. Amen. So I want to encourage you that you have two choices: dignified or getting the result. I choose the result. I don't choose being dignified in the church. Amen. In fact, in my experience, when you seek being dignified, you end up being prideful. I've seen so many ministers; they hate laying on of hand, they hate falling down, they hate laughter. But you know, after you watch their life for a while, they become so prideful. They just sit like this in the church. They never raise hand to worship God anymore because. I'm a big kahuna now. I'm a great apostle. I'm a great preacher. I don't need to worship God anymore. People who are against the fire of God and the move of God end up being prideful anyway. I rather be simple, like a shy. Love God. Let God touch me, change me all the days of my life. Being simple, and let God change us. Amen. In conclusion tonight, God use methods. And if the devil can threaten you to stop the methods, the anointing will not flow, and people will not be set free. The method is like a pipe that the anointing flow through. We are not seeking the methods, but we need to use the method like the pipe that bring water into the house. We are seeking the water inside the pipe. I think our job is this. Number one, we should not be intimidated by the devil to stop the method, laying on of hand, touching people, command the situation from to happen, the methods that God used, laughter, falling down, whatever method that God used, we should not be ashamed of those methods. But we are not seeking the methods or the manifestation, but we seek the anointing. We want the anointing to touch us. Amen. But this is what we need to do as believers. We need to discern the right pipe and the counterfeit pipe. When we see the wrong pipe, we should not get close to that pipe. God's character need to be instilled with the minister: loving, humble, kind to people, preach the word of God. Not something weird happen in the meeting. We need to be careful. We don't seek miracles. We seek the Holy Spirit, Amen. Even without manifestation, miracle can still happen. Many times, people come to church; they may not have manifestation, but they go home, miracle happen. They see something change later on. So we don't seek manifestation; we seek the anointing. 
But we still need to use the method to impart the anointing on people. Amen. We will not stop using the methods or the pipe to flow the water into people's life. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Do you learn something tonight? How many people are hungry? How many people say I'm desperate? Jesus, you can do whatever you want in my life. I need to change. How many people want to move from glory to glory to glory? You don't want to be the same. Amen. Hallelujah. We trust this message has ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching series, please contact us at 206-275-1042 or visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.org. You may also write to us at the following address, New Hope International Church, 9170 Southeast 64th Street, Mercer Island, Washington, 98040. Thank you very much.